Welcome to AudioPie's English Literature and Language Show. You can dip into huge chunks of over 19 series for free and learn on the go. Happy listening, everyone. Fearful and ghastly to me. Oh, sir, I never saw a face like it. It was a discoloured face. It was a savage face. I wish I could forget the roll of the red eyes and the fearful blackened inflation of the lineaments. Bertha Mason has acquired an iconic status beyond Bronte's novel. She's become a symbol of female oppression in the Victorian era, a metaphor for the way that women were viewed and treated, thanks in large part to a collection of critical essays called The Mad Woman in the Attic, which explored female writing since the Victorian era. Welcome to this podcast on the characterization of Rochester's wife. Yes, hello and welcome. Bertha's also inspired a postmodern reinterpretation called The Wide Sargasso Sea, written in the 1960s, creating Bertha and Rochester's early married life. Bertha is a difficult character. We only see her through Jane's narrative, hardly an unbiased source, and only have Rochester's interpretation of their history. So how do we make sense of her? Bertha is elusive, almost ghost-like, and Bronte associates her with the supernatural, which we'll discuss a little more in a later podcast. The first Jane hears of her is a laugh that echoes through Thornfield. She describes it as... A curious laugh. Distinct. Formal. Mirthless. In this early section, Bertha remains a ghost, or a nightmare. She regularly escapes her attic room, once setting Rochester's bed on fire in a foreshadowing of the fire that will later destroy Thornfield entirely. She also appears in Jane's room on the eve of her wedding, trying on Jane's veil. It removed my veil from its gaunt head, rent it in two parts and flinging both on the floor, trampled on them. The destruction of the veil symbolises a warning from Bertha to Jane and also symbolises the rebellion against marriage itself, an institution which has treated her appallingly. Bronte's language in Jane's description of Bertha is important. Here, Jane's use of it dehumanises Bertha, making her into a monster. There are two other important incidents to look at for this. When Mason visits, he's bitten by the vampiric Bertha. Mason himself says, She sucked the blood. She said she'd drain my heart. Then, following the failed wedding, Rochester takes Jane and Mason to see Bertha. Jane describes seeing her chained to the wall. It grovelled, seemingly on all fours. It snatched and growled like some strange wild animal. Bertha is physically described. Large, shaggy, dark, vicious. She's barely human, never mind feminine. Her portrayal is grotesque and bizarre, brutal and tormented. So why is she locked in the attic? Rochester's justification is that she's gone mad and she's there for her own protection, with a nurse to look after her. In some ways, maybe we need to look at that from a Victorian perspective. Lunatic asylums were horrific places where she would have been virtually tortured, so arguably Thornfield is a better option. However, this was changing at the time, with reports suggesting it was important to look after patients more caringly Give them open space and leisure activities to keep them busy and occupy the mind. Nothing we see in Bertha's care. And Rochester also implies that he was tricked into marrying her by his father, brother and her family. So is there an element of punishment and revenge here too? 
After all, how mad would you be after the isolation of being locked in an attic room for that long? Perhaps the madness that Jane sees is a response to Bertha's situation. Rochester also implies that her madness might not have simply been hereditary, but could have been caused by syphilis, a sexually transmitted disease quite common in the mid-Victorian period. That would also give him, in his eyes, a justification for locking her up as being indecent and undeserving of her status as his wife and mistress of Thornfield. Structurally, Bertha is essential in various plot points. She's the catalyst for Jane's leaving Thornfield, as the revelation of her existence means she can't marry Rochester. Bertha is also responsible for her own destruction, and in a way, Rochester's redemption. In burning Thornfield, she destroys herself, thus freeing Rochester to marry Jane after all. But as Rochester tries to save her and experiences the physical punishment, he also comes to see how wrong he was, and he experiences the moral redemption that means Bronte can allow her heroine to marry him. As we've suggested, Bertha's interest as a character goes far beyond her role in the plot. A psychoanalytical interpretation could interpret her as Jane's double. She is the wife that Jane could have been, metaphorically trapped and tormented in a loveless marriage. Bertha's also other because she's exotic. Like Céline Varenne, she's foreign, having been brought up in the Caribbean. But as a wealthy European settler, not a black slave. Bronte's not that radical. Yet Bertha's often described as dark or black. Her non-British origins also give Rochester cause to dislike her. Associating her with the Creole is also a way to suggest that she is decadent, willful and self-obsessed, which is certainly not appropriate Victorian behaviour. Bertha's also psychologically Jane's double, because in some ways she has freedom to act, which is where the enduring interest in The Mad Woman in the Attic comes in. Critics Sandra Gilbert and Susan Gubar, who wrote that book, argued that Bertha is symbolic of the struggle of Victorian women. Bertha is literally fighting against repression. Her anger, her violence and her aggression are all representations of the fight that women must undertake in order to free themselves from patriarchal authority, symbolised by Rochester and the marriage arranged for her by men. They also suggested that her madness is a reaction not to incarceration by Rochester, but to the repression of society more widely, as it expected the feminine ideal that she could not adhere to. A significant part of the novel is about Jane's having to learn that repression of her own anger and impulsiveness is essential, that she needs to become that idealised Victorian woman in order to receive the reward of her inheritance and marriage to Rochester. Bertha, then, is what happens to women who don't learn that lesson. Thanks for listening, and in the next podcast, we will be discussing the importance of setting. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to search for and listen to the next episode in the series to build your topic knowledge. Hit the Acast Plus link in the show description to become a premium supporter and unlock access to every episode in every series for as long as you need. We also make GCSE and A-level content for history, RE, sociology and psychology. Happy listening, everyone.